about to enter the Double Dragon Podcast with Shane Greenwood, owner of Double Dragon Gym in the Sutherland Shire, Trent Lawrence, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Black Belt, and active pro Muay Thai fighter, Hugh O'Donnell. Are you ready? Fight! Fight! Okay, and welcome back to Enter the Double Dragon Podcast, episode 76. It's your boy, Shane Greenwood, coming here from Double Dragon Gym. And the gang's back together. Yeah. We have an actual soundboard somewhere. Um, <laughs> I have to usually set that up beforehand. <laughs> but with me, I have Trenton Lawrence. Hello. And Hugh O'Donnell. Hey. It's been a minute. It's been a minute since we've been together. Yeah, I actually forgot that. Yeah, we had to do a few separate podcasts from there. But it's like, you know, just to make, make the quota and fail miserably at it. But hey, that's we okay. We do our best. That's all right. Expect, I've got other shit to do, you know, in that one. Like I said, I've got, I got Netflix movies to watch. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, we're going today, like, no, not really any kind of segments today because like, there's heaps of shit that just went down uh, really over the past weekend. It's like, mm. you know, UFC have International Fight Week. Like, this was pretty much like international fights all mm. weekend. Yeah, there's a bit of everything going on. Mm. It's really good. There was boxing, MMA, Muay Thai from there. Um, and we'll get into that. Uh, but like, let's first, like this weekend from here, we're, uh, we're running a development day in the gym. So like remember Muay Thai New South Wales, we've talked about before, development days is basically our novice scene to kind of build up people into the amateur shows here in New South Wales. So like it's fully padded fights, kind of like a, really on the if like a modified IFMA rule set. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got four of our own boys going at it. So from here we've got Luke Taylor, Mr. Black Explosive himself, <laughs> <laughs> or Mini T-Bone, <laughs> whatever you prefer calling him. Oh, he's got some stupid nicknames. <laughs> <laughs> the more he fights, and like he'll, he'll garner yeah. a reputation, then he can have a proper nickname. Remember, you, you started with the sex tornado. <laughs> like, yeah. That's cool. What is it the sex tornado? <laughs> I don't know. That was the best one. <laughs> I think Khalid uh, will go with Black Dynamite next. <laughs> Black Dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty good, actually. I'll, go, I'll put that and write that down. <laughs> All right, um, who else we got? Yeah, so we got Jesse May. Actually, no nickname for him. Oh, fair enough. But no, 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 actually, it's, it's uh, just uh, hashtag Team Jesse May. Yeah, that's what it is. He's really emerged as a team leader. That's it. <laughs> hashtag. He's got his own hashtag. Look it up. <laughs> um, also, we've got uh, Mitch Salt and Pepper. That just has to be. <laughs> that's an easy one. So, yeah, Mitch Pepper on that one. And then the, the worst of them all, <laughs> we've, got, we've got Blake R. Ibbett. Ribbit, supposedly. Yeah. Who coined Ribbit. that one? Oh, have a, have a guess, mate. Yeah, I, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> That's up there with touchy-feely and Bobby Knuckles. I would say it's worse. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Ribbit. What's wrong with Bobby Knuckles? Bobby Knuckles I like Bobby cool. Knuckles. Bobby Knuckles is fucking hot. The only person who doesn't like the Bobby Knuckles nickname is Bobby, Bobby Knuckles. Knuckles. He yeah. wants the Reaper, right? Eh? Yeah. So, sorry, someone in New South Wales already got the Reaper. Yeah, true. That's important. <laughs> true. <laughs> The little reaper. You don't want to sound like a, like a tough guy. It's that's lame. Makes you feel. Makes you sound weak. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So these boys will be having the uh, development day. Luke Taylor. He's had a, um, two development days. 
and an amateur fight from there. So this would be going to his uh, third amateur day. And these are good, like, great experience builders. Um, Blake's already had a um, development day. going yeah. to his second. And the other two, this would be the first one. And they've been looking pretty good. They've been looking good. You know, and, like, you know, I think they should put out a good performance from there. Luckily, everyone decided that, uh, for, for our boys to be matched with elbows. Yeah. Which is, which is always good to see. It's getting weaned out. It's not like even at the development day level, like, mm. most people are playing the game now. Not, not much. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm really advocate... For like, or I push it to the to the board a lot of times. It's like, look, man, we just got to put something out. Like, say, like you have to do two development days, and then you have to do elbows because this is this is Muay Thai New South Wales, not Mod Thai New South Wales. No one's in the business of promoting a bastardized version of Muay Thai. Like, if you don't want to fight Muay Thai, you have to go and find K one opportunities. Basically, you can't just keep hanging. Like, I don't know. Talk about this too much. (laughs) (laughs) No, it really grounds my gears. but yeah, no, no, it should be a good day. I think I've, I've matched about 17 fights on there. A couple, couple junior fights, a few girls, uh, plenty of guys having a crack at it. And it should be a good one. So if you're listening here and you're a Double Dragon member, should come up and support. Yeah. The fight card starts at one from there and 30 bucks entry. And like, you know, just cheer on the boys. And like, and if you're ever interested in ever competing, like, come and watch. You know, yeah. see what's all about, how it's run from there. And it's like, it's pretty good. Like, got the doctors, got the proper Muay Thai New South Wales officials from there. Like, some of the best in the business. And mm. like, you know, and also uh, the for the younger crop coming through, that's where they kind of make their bones a little bit. They get the experience of yeah. officiating. And they're, they're good days. Like, the fights generally work out to be pretty good. Yeah. And the vibe is cool. It's like, you, it's like, because it definitely, like, I think less so now, but when the development days were a newer concept, there was a little bit of confusion about what it really was. Like, is it kind of an, an open sparring thing? Like, like it's a fight show. It's fights. It's, yeah, it's just like the the environment is that little bit lower pressure mm-hmm. because it's in a gym rather than a venue. And it's all very, like, it, it's it's not theatrical. It's just like, mm-hmm. get in the ring and go. But it's just like cool because you're going to a competitive fight show, but it's it very much has that sporting vibe. Like, it's more like what you get out of just like, normal mainstream sports like yeah. it's just like you know a weekend of fights yeah. everyone gets to compete the injury risk is that little bit lower and like it's just like laid back compared to like going to an actual fight show like i like the development days a lot yeah because there's just no like nonsense mm-hmm. yeah it just gets straight to it and like you know just no pageantry like no white crews yeah no music like that like all that's a hey you playing the time the, sometimes sometimes, sometimes. Boy. Yeah. quietly yeah, yeah. <laughs> From there, but like it's it's three ninety second rounds, get in, get out, and just bang them in through quick. Mm. Um, if like with the, what they wear, so they wear sixteen ounce gloves, the cotton shin pads, elbow pads. If they're fighting full tie, all right, or proper tie, and um, they also wear um, the chest plate as well. Uh, no knees to the head, to on these days, and yep. no. Uh, if it's doing, I think there's no spinning elbow, uh, spinning tech, uh, spinning elbows. I am actually not ba- no, no, no breakfast there. So in in the no elbow fights, there's no spinning yeah. elbows because like it's, hey, who, who, how often do you see spinning backfists actually land with the backfists? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Like if the, you're fighting mod tight, you can't spin. It's pretty close to the elbow a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Takes the confusion. That's out just like it. taking liberties. If you're gonna say I don't want to fight with elbows, and then you're gonna like that's like it's really a spinning backfist is always more of like a spinning forearm. Yeah, that's great. Just fucking fight elbow. You're happy to like. Like you yeah. worry about the safety aspect of fighting with elbows, but you want to spin. <laughs> mm, fuck you, idiot! Who don't? Who <laughs> don't? <laughs> and it's good on these days as well because really, like you know, we don't let anyone get like too tailed up. Nah. If you get like you know overwhelmed from there, you get a count and it look like you know it's too much for you. Then like it, the fight stop. Yeah. Get experience, live a fight another day, 
take away some notes from it. It's always a pretty good day. Right. Cool. So, yeah, so remember, this Saturday, July 27th, a double dragon gym, fight start at one. We really love your support to be there. All right. So let's go from that now. Um, let me think. Let's go into Rebellion, I reckon. And then we'll stay on the Muay Thai tangent for that. So like over the weekend from there, uh, Rebellion was uh, was on and yeah, it was a really good show. Big show. Yeah. There's like uh, some good title fights on there and like a very significant title fight, especially yeah. the world title fight from that. But um, how about you break down some of the shoes? Like, you know, start where you want to start and build your way up. Um, I guess I will... Like, I could talk about all of it, but um, it was a really good show. Though. There was, wasn't a bad fight on the entire lineup. Like, not just matchup-wise, but, like, like all the shows in Rebellion are always, like, super well-matched. Like, I think people, it's easy to ignore, like, what kind of an art matchmaking is. Like, when you watch a fight and... When you watch a fight show and every fight kind of pans out to be really good, it's not just by chance. It's by, like, matching fights that make sense, fights that are competitive... And holding a high standard, and that's like what rebellions really like come into its own for. Is like all the matches are like you generally don't see a squash match on a rebellion show because there's attention paid to who's fighting who and fights that make sense, but also attention paid to matching guys that are on good runs that have good tie styles and kind of deserve to be presented as mm. top end guys because that's what rebellion is. Like everyone wants to get on rebellion, like rebellion's not chasing anyone down, like you know, you've got to put forward a strong you know, be in good form and demonstrate. Yeah, have, a, have a good resume. Really. Yeah, basically. And, like, that's what happens every time. But, like, obviously, it will work, like, down through the top few fights, starting with them. Um, because Rebellion's never been, in the past, like, it's not been one of these shows that's known to have tons and tons of title fights. Like, like a title fight on a Rebellion show, for the last few years, really has been something of a rarity. Like, there's been a fair few kind of MTA state titles here and there. Um, they were previously WMC sanctioned. There was a few WMC mm. national titles. Like River Daz won his national title there. Yep. Luis Regis uh, also won his at WMC and defended. Or drew. Defended successfully, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was a draw, but he retained it. Yeah, yeah, he did retain it. That's how it works. Um, but it was still kind of like... It was sort of few and far between and also was never um, like a pillar of every show. Like Rebellion's always been... They're not selling on the basis of title fights. It's like they're always selling on matchups, and sometimes totals would pop up when they made sense. But swapping over to the WMC, uh, the WBC sanctioning, and um, also just kind of, I think over the couple of years, the last few years of developing such a strong stable of like just Rebellion has quite a good roster of guys that are regular. I think it's just kind of come into its own at this point where there's it's was just time to churn out a few titles. So like at the top end had the first world title on Rebellion. The WBC world title, which is well regarded as the top title, top world title in Muay Thai anyway. Um, good. Like, I really like what the WBC are doing as far as their um, international expansion. Like, they've got the most comprehensive ranking system for sure. And this was just like a bona fide world title fight. It wasn't um, one of these, like, let's just dig up two guys and slap a world title on it. Like, this was a legit 79 kilo. Let's figure out who the best guy in the world is fight. Mm. And uh, it was Queensland's Jake Lund versus... Uh, Thailand's combat like Fairtex and this was a pretty interesting fight um, like you know we previewed it and talked about everything that could be. like combat like like I like this fight because people who regularly watch Rebellion have had a good chance to have a look at combat like like so we sort of knew what we were getting he um, beat David Penn and beat last year 
both guys are coming off win over David Penipede. So we got to see how Compelec uh, holds up against a high-end Australian talent. But, like, Jake really just blew him out of the water in this fight. Mm. Just started, I think, Jake has such... Uh, like, Jake was a bit bigger than Compelec, like, I reckon, um, holding a bit more mass, just, like, slightly bigger frame. Well, this is, like, a... It was a division a little bit higher than that both of them go. Yeah, both like... ranked at, like, heavyweight, but, uh, like, both now with the, the most recent WBC <coughs> ranking update uh, are dual ranked. So, Jake Lundy's now WBC world champion and number two ranked super middleweight. Hmm. WBC light heavyweight world champion and number two ranked super middleweight. So, um, yeah, both were up in weight a little bit, but I do think Lund, he looked a little bit bigger, not not heaps in it, but I think he did the right the right thing. He didn't let Combat Let get settled at all, um, broke the rhythm straight away, and he has just that sort of really awkward, jerky movement. Like, he's always fainting something and always touch, 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 faint, like just... Never really sure exactly when he's going to commit. And then just kind of blasted through with an elbow and cut combat like early. And that seemed to really visibly bother him. Like he was, like, I imagine combat like has been cut before. Like it's not his first radio. Yeah. But he was really playing with it in a funny way that like the commentators noted. Mm-hmm. Like he's really giving the referee call to look at the cut because he's brushing the blood away from his eye a lot. Yeah. It seemed to just be like a bit of like a, he wasn't expecting. <laughs> yes. This wasn't part of the plan. Yeah. <laughs> then second round, like Jake was obviously just getting more comfortable as the fight progressed and just hit this sweet like um Compelec was he was he was touch touch touching with like like some pretty sweet hand combinations and then Compelec wanted to sort of close the distance and reached out with that long guard. And then just was just just a little bit too slow to get his chin underneath like his um close arm and then Jake just slipped a rear hand uppercut off the right side to the middle and then like it was gonna be like rear uppercut Left hook, mm. but like the left hook just didn't really hit because Compelec like, just was dropped. already dropping. Yeah, his head was below it and then couldn't answer the count. It was completely stunned. Mm. So, yeah, sweet world title victory for Jake Lund. Mm. Massive win. And very interesting because with the latest ranking, obviously, uh, like WBC do their ranking style where it's like um, the champion's not ranked, the champion's right. the champion, and then there's number one. So the number one contender in the weight class is Charlie Bard, who's also from Australia. Um, from Orange, and the two of them, Jake London and Charlie, are one and one against each other. So I don't know how like like a lot of people complain when uh, two guys from the same country fight for a world title, but if, if Charlie's ranked number one, I, I can't see how that's an issue. I don't think there's any cause for anyone to be up in arms about it. They're, they're, it's publicly out there. Yeah. So it's like you know, so and like it's even better. They're both from the same country, so like you know, <laughs> a promoter would just going. Yeah, that can save a lot of money on that flight. And they're currently <laughs> like split one and one. Like there's yeah, there's a, there's a story there. Yeah, everything <laughs> makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, in other words, make it happen. I'd like to see that. Like mm. it, whether or not it's um, like if if they fight, it should be for that title. Like, yeah, the way it works. If you've got a number one ranked guy, mm. and Charlie's on a hot streak as well. Mm. Like really has no one's been able to touch him the last no. year or so since he fought Toby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, um, what's his next fight against Jaden? <coughs> Jaden, yeah, from Strike Force Team. Yeah, good. I've won eruption, so. Someone else on that card as well, we talked about it last week. <laughs> yeah, this week card. Well, it's like, it only came out this week, though, it's like officially that you're on the card as I well. I'm on the card. Yeah, against Corey Stills yeah. from Strike Force as well. Also from Strike Force, yeah. I've been following Charlie Butler around the country, actually. Yeah, <laughs> just, just trailing. Yeah, you're on the, on the <laughs> town show as well. <laughs> hey, man, you heard me? <laughs> Which is cool. Yeah, so I would like to see, um, Jake fight Charlie. Just touch on a couple of other bone fights because the semi-main was for the WBC Australian title. It was a rematch between Jordan, the, the Wolf Godfrey, <coughs> and Ramesh Headhunter, Habib. Mm-hmm. 
interesting fight because, like we talked, I won't go into it too much. If you want to hear the background, like if you just know nothing about this card, pause now and listen to the preview and then watch the fight, mm. then come back here. Yep. So I don't have to give you too much background. <laughs> um, yeah, this fight was, in a lot of ways, it was quite similar to the two's first fight. Like when we discussed it in the preview, we said, how well has Ramesh kind of adapted to a tight style? Like he's training with a different... Um, Trainer has a different stable. Like, I've been doing a lot of his sparring at Hammer's Gym now. Um, I think trained with... Uh, I was training with Alexi Petrus, who we previously fought. Like, they just kind of... Yeah. Had a little stable of guys getting together sparring, clincher. And, like, definitely Ramesh has come... Like, in the past was, like, a very slick kickboxer type doing his thing in um, Muay Thai. And admit, he uh, has admitted himself that he wasn't clinching a lot early in his career, and it was probably at that point that he ran into Jordan the first time, and Jordan is every bit a pressure-fighting tie stylist, and it just sort of like, Jordan was hungry as, like, just was walking Ramesh down, and, and just not, like, Ramesh works very well uh, at distance, like, he's got wicked high kicks, I'm pretty sure that's where the headhunter name comes from, because it's sort of like he was head-kicking people yeah. all over the country. Fair enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can see that. Yep, I can definitely see that. But uh, yeah, Jordan just kind of smothered. And it was interesting because the threat of the clinch early, definitely like he, he was tying Ramesh up and um, did appear to be the stronger of the two in the clinch. There were competitive clinching exchanges, but Jordan seemed to be just the more comfortable of the two in there. Mm. But it, as that kind of threat of clinching came about, Jordan started to do some really good work with his hands too. Just stung, stung Ramesh a lot and, and seemed to really, especially coming into those third, fourth, fifth rounds, tire Ramesh out a little bit. Like, just not... Ramesh couldn't really, like, explode into the... Like, he has quite an explosive off-the-ground off style. Mm. When it, it's kind of like, holds his distance and then things whip up quickly and just kind of take that speed away by exhausting him a little bit and just making him uncomfortable and, and not giving him that range that he likes. And, yeah, pretty commanding decision win for Jordan Godfrey. Just good, good to see him get this, this win because... Like, he's just fights such a hard, um, save the guy. He's had a lot. It's like tie after tie. Had a lot of high-end tie opponents. So, I think, I I do like to see someone like that get the opportunity to um, stake their claim as top in Australia after taking on so many ties. Mm. Because, like, you know, Foot Summer Fett, Fair Dex. Foot Simplak back in March where he commentated that. Like, just has fought as hard a stable guy as anyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, yeah. Well ranked people, really. Yeah, is. but a hundred percent has claimed to be the best in the country. Like he's beaten Roy Wills, mm-hmm. um, who's was <coughs> at the time I believe was regarded as number one mm. at Junior World to Eight. So yeah, good scene. Really just good and entertaining fight by both of them. Yeah. Um Yeah. Looking forward to seeing what's next for Jordan. Yeah, and it should be probably a good fight for Ramesh as well. Like you need those kind of fights it's the same thing to take you to the next level again. He did bring it up a level in the past twelve months. Yeah. And like some like this will look, hopefully like it will spare him over the game. Okay, I've seen, the, I've seen the next level now. Yeah. So I have to go from there. And he's a slick style and he develops very well <coughs> fight to fight. So yeah, like you say, I think it'll be really good for him. One of my favorites to watch for sure is Mesh. Yeah. Um, also had, interestingly on this fight, talking about the titles, there was titles on titles on this card. Mm. All well-matched title fights. But um, there was a Rebellion Muay Thai promotional title, mm. which is quite interesting. I think um, kind of the thing with the Rebellion title seems to be if you've got two... I think it's just sort of like a little bit more of a, a personal title mm-hmm. on, on Rebellion's end. There's like um, people who are regulars on Rebellion cards mm. sort of just fighting it out for a, a kind of, um, 
it's almost like a sentimental belt. <laughs> like, it's definitely a significant title. Yeah. But it, it, I like the feel of these Rebellion titles because it was Alexi Petrullius versus uh, Tum Winamuta. I always go to call him Tum Sitjathong, but I guess that's not his name anymore. Yes, I got my own thing. Yeah, and these guys are have been a part of some like, really iconic Rebellion fights. I, I would definitely say they're staples of Rebellion history. So mm. I think it's a cool thing to just establish a promotional title for that. Yeah. Interesting fight, like, uh, Alexi's another one of these guys, like, like he's coming off a fight with Singdam. We commentated that too. We're busy commentators. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is about a hard, as hard a fight as you get. Yeah. Because yeah. it's too slick, Singdam. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't ever say no to a fight. Um, he's, I mean, like, if he does, I don't know who he's saying no to. Because, mm. but yeah, the, the general consensus seems to be that he'll take any fight and, and really relishes the challenge. And that's, you need to be like that if you're fighting Tom. Yeah. And uh, it's one of these hard, it, it's a tough one to see because like Alexis definitely was looking good in this fight. Mm. Like he started off very strong and, and he was doing all the right things. Like he was really making his physical presence felt, making like he's a two clinched up, he made Tom carry his weight as the bigger, more physically imposing guy. Mm. Landed some good shots and was really just letting Tom know that he was there to fight from the first bell. He wasn't going to play. And you could see Tom after the, through this first round, he, he wasn't kind of dancing off and smiling. He was really getting forced to have a hard look at what was coming at him from Alexi. But then he just saw an opening early in the second round and just whipped this sweet head kick, just wrapped. Um, mm. It was as uh, Alexi was kind of pressing in, I think, for sort of a one-two. And the hand just dipped below the chin as, as the other hand pressed out to lead. Mm. And then just the counter kick was up, wrapped around the jaw. Alexi fell. You could kind of tell Alexi is just so tough. Like, from him hitting the floor, you'd go, yeah, this is over yeah. straight away. But he still answered the count and he wanted with everything for the referee to let him back in. But he wasn't steady on his feet. Like, just trying everything to show the ref that he could fight. But um, Bryce made the, the right call and didn't let Alexi go back in. Hmm. Um, uh, just, it, it's, yeah, like, but Alexi just fights. The best. It's hard to see a guy have have a good strong start and just walk into one there. But yeah, he made made Tom switch on straight away, not play for points, made his presence felt threatened a little bit, but then just mm. Tom's so slick. He's awesome to watch. Yeah. He's, he's been great. in some great rebellion fights. Like his fight with Sam Bark was unreal. Mm. Um yeah, hopefully he comes back to rebellion. Oh, um, yeah. I see. Don't see why not. <laughs> and like yeah, with Alexi from there, it's like yeah, just on a He's on a tough trot at the moment. From there, but trot. you look at the people he's fought, though, and you, get, and you go, ah, oh, yeah, fair enough. I think anyone who's really, really in like the Muay Thai scene knows like it's not about what your record is or something mm. like that. Like it's mm. more impressive that obviously you're always in there to win, and Alexi's always in there to win. But like he takes on, you'd rather at the end of a career know you took on legends mm. than you had a padded yeah. record. So and he'll come back and fight with the same enthusiasm. Um, a couple worth mentioning as well, because there was a couple of state titles as well. Um, uh, Isaac Tomlinson mm-hmm. took the WBC Victorian state title over Tom Cannon. Yeah. yeah, if you can get back and watch that fight, um, recommend it. Tomlinson looked really good. Uh, he's just got like a really cool soul to watch. He's got some nice, um, super high volume, um, wicked gas tank. He's got some sweet counters. Um yeah, he, he dropped Tom Cannon at one point in this fight just with a cool pullback right hand. Yeah. Just like um, Tom has that like that very much. Oh, he looked uh, walk forward kind of style, that that sort of plod forward and, and and throw heavy. But Isaac was did a good job of not being there for big singles and just firing back in volume. Um, because he was given trouble in the clinch for sure. Um, 
but uh, yeah, just I like managed to stay on the outside and sort of. Well, you can see that pattern with some of the fighters in rebellion and that, like these kind of fighters, they've got that like, weird and like almost like um, I don't know, kind of not so much a flighty style, but it's kind of light and more movement based. He's sort of elusive. Yeah, like yeah. him, Albert Tua. Albert Tua is like you know, like and but when it comes to the clinch, when they actually have to get pinned down, you can see like it just troubles them a little bit. You can see some fundamental deficiencies in these guys, and you can understand it like. It's just like the less flying hours in fights. Like if you have that really bouncy outside style, you're obviously like everyone fighting at a high level is training clinch in the gym, but they're not engaging in the clinch that much in their fights because it's not a plan A for them, mm. um, which makes sense. And like Tom had some good, um, strong positions in the clinch and landed some knees well. He just couldn't keep the fight there for long enough to kind of turn it on its head. But yeah, really impressive win for Isaac Thomason, especially over an opponent who's well regarded in Tom Cannon and also is on the back of two years training full-time in Thailand and I think he had 19 fights there mm. all against Thais yeah. so yeah definitely like a like a big state title win for him and I don't think he gets to fight at his weight that often mm. so good to see him just like because he's stepped up massively in weight Yeah. Um, so good to see kind of just how he goes against boys and Thais mm. um, Carter Lawrence took the welterweight state title over Corey Barrett and just good war um Albert Tua got the win over Chris Nguyen in an interesting one that kind of showed, I think it was probably his hardest fight. Mm. Similar thing, like you mentioned. Albert, very flighty, did a lot of damage with kind of really awkward, quite spectacular techniques on the outside. Like, he's an amazing young guy to watch. He's only 18. Mm. Um, but yeah, Chris Nguyen really pinned him down and did some good damage and, and made him look very uncomfortable in the clinch mm. in spells. But yeah, kind of a similar thing, just couldn't keep the fight there long enough. And also... Any time that Albert did break the clinch, he did a lot of damage mm. on the break and stuff like that. So, interesting fight. Yeah. And uh, uh, in the ring, they they asked uh, Albert, would he take part in this year's Rebellion 8-man? So, it shows that's yeah. coming together. I think 63 kilo, mm. which is a good way for Interesting. Fight. Yeah, interesting weight class. Um, yeah. But um, overall, really good Rebellion card. Cool. Nice. And, like, yeah, it's good to see, like, you know, there's really churning them out in terms of, like, the, the quality matchmaking that and really with all the backing of the WBC now like yeah you're going to see some really awesome fights come up like not that they weren't awesome before but like just seeing these kind of like these world class title fights yeah awesome fights with a little bit more of a clear international pathway mm. yeah it's cool to see yeah definitely awesome alright so let's break it off from there with the Muay Thai and then we'll go into a little bit of MMA probably the UFC so over the weekend we had <clears throat> USP, uh, UFC on ESPN4 Dos Anjos versus Edwards so um, was there any of the card fights on the card that anyone wanted to talk about there? In the um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, uh, we also Andre Olovsky versus Big Ben Rock. Uh, yeah. oh, I did watch that fight. Yeah, Andre Olovsky. I his actually hands. thought Andre looked pretty good. His hands were pretty. good His hands look sharp. Like yeah. he's was, got a new boxing coach. He's, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I could tell. Him. I could, like he's doing something different with his hands. I can uh, tell you, it's not. He was with Freddie Roach, wasn't he? For yeah, he well, was with Freddie when Rich, he was like you know you, there's different eras of. Andre Olosky, there's an era where he was just jabbing yeah, and not yeah. doing anything. That was the Freddie Roach era. And then he went right-hand happy for a while, yeah. like knocking out people, but also getting knocked out himself. And then now it seems like, I'll put them together now. Yeah. Yeah, he's putting some reasonable <laughs> combinations. Yeah. And really dialing power back, like that pop, 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 pop style you never see from a heavyweight. Yeah. But like, it makes sense. Like He's got some hand speed for a heavyweight, does mm. Olosky. Yeah. And man the, man, the man just will not fucking go away. No. He's 40. I'm trying to still fighting in 2019. He's not a young man. And God damn you, Sada came and fucked Ben Rothwell. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he had a bit of weed, didn't he? Was it a bit of weed? 
I can't um, remember what it was. I, I think it was. No, he like cause I, I think know. he was on TIT when that was cool, mm. and he and they pinged him on four twenty or something. <laughs> no, I think that was somebody else. I did that. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> was that was more of an undercard type guy. Yeah. Anyway, but um, like, yeah, yeah, Ben Rothwell, like, yeah, he's just a slow plotter. Like, you know, he's even too heavyweight for heavyweight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's. Yeah, he didn't look great. Mm. Uh, Vlosky, though, he's good. At, he's sort of like putting the like the combos together and then keeping people on the fence and grinding out decisions like that. But mm. yeah. Apparently, he met his coach on a cruise or something. His boxing coach, as you do, on holiday. That's what I don't I'm know. Cool. I could be completely wrong. <laughs> that, <that's... laughs> that was the backstory. Something like that. That sounds like a Diego Sanchez thing. <laughs> and that was like, yeah. that's like, this when I found my coach, it was a spiritual mission, yeah, man. Crystal healing. Did you see those videos of that weirdo Diego Sanchez was with, like with the heavy back swing? No. Oh, they're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like doing that shit where like. Like a long heavy bag, he's just swinging back and forth, and he's just evading it with this weird head movement. Poor, yeah. Noodle legs. Poor, poor. <laughs> All right. So yeah, that one. Um. Ah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. It's good to see. Like you know, we had James Vick versus Dan Hooker. Yeah, this was a sweet. Good sweet to see care. Dan Hooker back back into it, picking up the win, and pretty quick win as well. Like you know, in the first round. Mm. Yeah. Like James Vick is like yeah he's like, I guess. He's kind of he's been figured out, really. Yeah. Like how the beat James Vick like is really just getting close, back him up, and he's always, he's always gonna like he'll push his hands out, but it'll just leave his head hanging. Yeah, I also think James Vick struggles heaps when he's not like way taller and rangier than his opponent. Mm. So I think a lot of things this one was like because Hooker kind of just he reached out with like like a right hand with just no commitment at all, just put the shoulder through and touched yeah. with the rear side, and then like I think Vick kind of just pulled himself back in a way that was like. Habitually, like, oh, his arm is too short to reach me from here. But like, yeah. Hooker's pretty long. Yeah, like, he's a tall dude. And then Hooker off that just used like the sort of just probing right to just pull back and left hook. And so just as Vic pulled back, the left hook was just there to catch him upright. Yeah, just dropped him. Yeah, drop him. Well measured, like well set. Yeah. yeah. So I saw t- today. I think it was today. People like James Vick said in there, like after three losses at one fifty five, goes, I'm moving to one seventy now. Mm. That one. That's a couple of years too late, but okay. Yeah, it's like because like you know he's just disgustingly big and stick figured for that weight class. Yeah, like six foot three, <laughs> and he's not ultra like skinny either. Like he's no. a big dude. Mm. It's like it'd be horrendous weight cutting. Yeah, terrible weight cut. Mm. Uh, but yeah, good to see Dan Hooker back at it. And there, I see more of that. Uh, Greg Hardy, fuck that guy. Skip yeah, over that, that one. Uh, <laughs> the big ticket, Walt Harris, really putting away uh, Alexi Olenek in like yeah. In the first round, it was like a, it was like a big jump in knee. He just caught him with, and yeah. then it's pretty athletic. And then, like you know, as he stepped down, though, kind of caught him. Was it? I think it was into the body or something like that. And then I, think, I don't think that was really flush though. Yeah, because like he stepped down and then just basically just stiff arm jabbed him and then dropped him with that. He's like, yeah. boom, <laughs> and went down. So it's like, yeah, heavyweight man, it's not kind to you. No, nah, forgiving. <laughs> he's got to be a little bit athletic from there, and like you know, and just have sort of a sense where strikes go. Yeah, and like you know, most of the guys are big enough and powerful enough. You know, you just got to touch, touch the button, and you're going down. And the division kind of sucks. Yeah, it, 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 it completely sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you just need a modicum of athleticism in that division, and you'll make it well, to the top. Yeah, you know, like he's talking about Greg Hardy, or well, not talking about Greg Hardy, but he's kind of shot up. He's like, you know, he's like going towards contender status now. Well, I think <laughs> what they're going to do, I think the grand plan is to get him enough wins where it's legal for him to fight. Derek Lewis, oh, and oh. just do the ultimate like 
heel versus <laughs> heel versus face <laughs> fight. That's all we're at though. Just like oh, let's let's wheel out Derek Lewis. Let's get some eyeballs on this division. It'd be it. dope though. It'd be Derek Lewis KO Green yeah. Hardy. Imagine the meme. Oh, it'd be pouring <laughs> out. You know, <laughs> it'd be a true hero story. Be, it's like it, it, like if it happens before the end of the year, it'd be like a battle between what was the better memes, the Greg Hardy memes or the Ben Askren memes. Oh, those, did you see that Rick and Morty Ben Askren one? I think I yeah. shared it with you guys. That's the deluxe. <laughs> That's that the was awesome. One. There's a lot of memes for a five second fight. Mm. Mm. Oh, this is yeah. There's too much too much good shit in that fight. Right? <laughs> too much. All right. So like this guy in particular, like there was a few knockouts, but like the rest of it was just decision, decision, decision. I think there. like the whole prelim card was decision, mm. and then like. Yeah. Before the main event, there was like three first round KOs in a row. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, Dan Hooker, James Vick was a KO, Greg Hardy versus Juan Adams was a KO, Walt Harris versus Alexi Olenek, KO. And then we go to the main fight, fight card. So, um, or like the main fight were Leon Edwards versus Rafael Dos Anjos. Uh, and like, this went on five, but this was a good all five round fight. This is a really good fight. Yeah. I think you were talking about it before, like a few people get scared, oh, you know, this sucks, it should be mega. What fight were you watching? But kind of yeah. the, like the general cons- because I, like I didn't watch this fight live. The general consensus I was reading from it was like it was really boring. It was a snoozer. No, and it wasn't. I was kind of like okay, but I, I watched it today. Like I don't watch like all the UFC. I went mm. back for this one, so we can talk about it. Yeah, this is a really funny no, fight. Like, I watched, I really I watched all five this. rounds. Yeah. I was engaged. Yeah. I mean, it was like you can see Edwards was practicing that elbow. He was really good with that. His elbow. elbows were really good. Incredibly good timing. Yeah, it's just like from his elbow game, like, yeah, it's like a go to. He's just ha- like, and like DeSandros was throwing elbows as well, but you can see with DeSandros, it's most like, like, I'll just throw the elbow. Yeah. Like with um, someone like Leon Edwards, like, one thing I noticed from there was like, he would fake pumbling. Like, he was just like, I'm going this to pummel. Really nice, but yeah. then, like, you know, Artie goes, I'll shut it down. He goes, ah, I tricked you. Man, just elbow yeah. straight over the top. He yeah. dropped his elbow on the pummel. Yeah, it was really good. I was going, man, I go, oh, that's. Pretty smart. <laughs> he kind of like also delivered, like, because, like, Desanjos is quite a good clincher. Mm. And I think, um, he was, which, like, like, there's not a lot of extended clinch, mm. uh, play in MMA because it's sort of, sort of just like a means to an end for takedowns. It's not really like guys battling upright clinching positions, but like, RDA's, especially, um, like, around about when he went for the title run was when he made the addition of like a really good clinch game which helps him as a pressure fighter just kind of that smothering clinch game yeah he's so, really great at that. keeping his hands up yeah. in boxing and then he doesn't telegraph the double leg yeah he doesn't telegraph at all he's like bang straight into it mm. and puts him right on the fence but I thought um, RDA like like Leon was playing off of RDA like even as like an effective clincher like he'd sacrifice the inside hand position mm-hmm. so like he'd give the dominant position on the arm away and then kind of just strip down over the top of um RDA's like controlling hand that's sort of on the inside of the bicep strip down and roll the elbow over mm-hmm. the top I think most of the time like yeah Leon Edwards like he just doesn't he likes being on that outside kind of position yeah he works really point. well off that to come, which is like if you want to come over the top it's mm-hmm. like Faster for you to be on the outside, mm. the the under the, the position that's understood as less dominant from the hands. Yeah, especially when there is that little bit more space. If guys want to press forward for takedowns, rolling over the top with an elbow is mm-hmm. like preferential. If elbowing is your go-to, yeah, he was so good with them. The ref was watching him on the on the clinch exits and entries. He was like watching for the elbow every time. He was so <laughs> quick with it. He mm. had some really good plays on the, mm. on, on exits of the clinch. Like in the first yeah. round, there's a really nice one where he just kind of like. Whips up a, a a sort of high kick on the on the end of a, a clinch and then pulls what like it's, it's like not for the purpose of doing damage for the purpose of making space. So as they exit the clinch, he just 
puts uh, RDA at legs length for the high kick, pulls back off the high kick. So RDA has to cover distance after eating that kick, and then he's waiting with the counter again. Mm-hmm. Like his work on entry and exit of the clinch is some of the best in MMA, I reckon. Oh, yeah. And some of the best elbow. Yeah, it's great. Great elbow work. And like, um, he's, he's pretty good at like, like he's, he's got a good game for his frame. Yeah. It's like, you know, like on the outside, like, you know, it's like basically he got, he got a kill left straight Yeah. and his head kicks game's pretty good as well. And then like, um, <clears throat> and then off of that, like, you know, as soon as they come close, like he's just, he's all about those types and, but also fainting in types as well. Yeah. The elbows. Good fan. Um, I don't know. Like still really good. He's still like, he's, it's like, yeah. Definitely lost the decision. Was yeah. there. I didn't think it was close. I didn't really get him putting his hands up at the end of this fight. Like, nah. The but only thing Edwards got pinged for a couple of times was grabbing the fence. Mm. So Dasanyas would hit the double and pin him on the fence and then he'd do the backhand finger grab oh, yeah. in the chamber. Yeah, he did that. Yeah, a little bit, little yeah. bit Don, Don Dust over there. <laughs> it was little, yeah, it was like he got a warning second time. The first time he didn't get, he didn't, I don't think the ref saw it, but the second time he did, and he said, if you do it again, you're going to lose a point. And yeah. after that, he behaved himself. But it was also a little bit odd. Like, I was landing the low kick version at Will. Yeah. And in the second round, he floors um, edges the low kick, but then didn't really go back for it. <laughs> it's mm. funny though, like when I actually, when I watch that, he, uh, I had to rewatch it because, like, when he got chopped with the kick, I go, "Did he get chopped with the kick, or is he rolling into Ashi Garami?" Because, like, he did oh, really? roll up into a lang- yeah. leg entanglement. Uh, <laughs> it's like he got, but now watching, yeah, he got kicked out. But as soon as he fell down, he goes, "I'm rolling into it, <laughs> into the uh, leg lock." I'm gonna invert. Yeah. And like, um, it's good though because, like, he was like, um, there was another point that I saw there at one point for Leonard Edwards because I just seen these little parts of his game and go, "Man, he's actually got a really good game." Because um, he was in the bottom of RDA, went to deep half. Then from deep half, he elevated legs, pummeled his legs into butterfly to get himself into a stand up again. So like, yeah. it's good to see like, yeah, like he was on the bottom of RDA. He was like, you know, jujitsu, like is fucking really high class. Mm, yeah. And like, he can still like get himself up. Like yeah. he just like, you know, just put his head in, use his legs to like, you know, to basically off balance RDA. And as soon as he off balance there, start elevating butterfly hooks. As soon as, RDA wants a positioning leg. He goes, well, I'm standing up now. Yeah. yeah. That time, so. It was good to see them both really well-rounded with their game. They weren't just one-dimensional. They tried everything. There was mm. wrestling. There was grappling. There was plenty of good boxing. Yeah. Th- like, and it'd be interesting to see now, like, you know, how the matchups go. I mean, because, like, you know, a lot of people call it, like, Muscadel versus Lean Edwards. They got beat. Yeah, yeah I feel it. like this is <laughs> what they're going to do. But they're also, uh, I checked the rankings mm. just before, and they're four and five now or four mm. and three or something so they're right next to each other in the rings mm. so like yeah, I think that makes sense and it's a pretty good match it's a pretty good match yeah. like uh, I was looking at Edward's game and like the only thing I was kind of you see that like, he was getting picked apart at like he's got a long jab but he's like it's very predictable he'll step every time yeah and that's where I was catching he was catching Loki he was catching like you know basically like, overhand as well and that like, makes me feel like it's something like Maxwell so like you know aggressive counterfighter yeah from there like take part of that and also, uh, Maskevel like also uses that kind of fake out slip strike. You know, he'll he'll go he'll, he'll go to catch the single leg, but he goes, "I got no intent of actually get, taking you down." As soon as you start pumping up, he goes, "Let go and just start yeah. banging." So it, it'd actually be a really interesting match. Interesting fight, I wouldn't yeah. know who I'd pick in that fight either. Be- I think I'd lean towards Edwards at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Hmm. It's, it's interesting. Like Edwards is like proving a pretty hard dude to put over. Mm. Like people aren't really particularly interested. You know, I think yeah. maybe on to decision over and over again but he's also like he's kind of a rarity in MMA like he's definitely a dude who understands how to play for points which mm. there's not a lot of in MMA like if he's up after three rounds he's kind of just 
protecting points, which you you see a lot in like Muay Thai. Yeah. Um, MMA has a little bit more of like a culture of just like press forward even when you're way ahead. Like mm. go for the finish is like yeah something that, but like like it's not something that uh, is emphasised in Leon Edwards' game. Mm. Even it did interest me that um his corner were like really trying to rev him up coming into the fifth round. Like go forward, press like like they were saying, um, you know, like fuck him up, Leon. Let's finish this one strong. Is more or less exactly what they said. Yeah. Um. So I guess like they're starting to identify as well that he he definitely prefers to take his foot off the gas mm. in, in the later parts of fights, in particular five rounds, which I'm down with. Um, especially when you're fighting like a guy like RDA who's going to come mm-hmm. helpful later in the last round. If you're up four. Yeah, <laughs> you won't risk it. Yeah, just like neutralize. It's like, and like it's it's common in boxing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's more rounds in boxing, so it's sort of a different game. But um, yeah, I think like his corner was kind of starting to say like, oh, we can't be taking our foot off the gas in at the end of fights. We've stayed forward the whole time. Yeah, I think it's just different in MMA, especially I guess in the UFC because you get you know performance of the night bonuses. Yes. Well, back in the old days, like submission bonus or knockout yeah. bonus. There's bonuses for actually. Pressing action. Yeah, there. that's right. And there's like, fuck, you got to make them dollars. <laughs> and like, I don't, I don't think Leonard has got many performance on the lights bonuses, yeah. has he? <laughs> well, I guess you got to weigh out like what's more, more like your win bonus or the potential performance of the night bonus. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I was calm. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, that was a really good fight. So let's go hop over again, another combat sport. So there was some good boxing on the weekend mm. from there. They had the Pac-Man, Manny Pacquiao versus um, uh, previous unbidden uh, Keith Furman. That and this is like yeah, it was a really good fight as well. Mm. In terms of like you know, Pac Man fucking what 41, 42? somewhere in there. Yeah, like you know, still got hand speed. You know, like um, doesn't have the the power that has he used to have from there, but but like just refined his boxing game. Yeah, and that like um early like in the first round he knocked down Keith Furman. This one, was surprising. Yeah, first round knockdown I was not expecting. No, nah, it's like you know, Money Packer just basically just did that like. Just that sprinting forward, like, you know, one, two, and pretty much like almost a free was like just a looping jab, a looping mm. straight cross there, and just called Furman, just kind of skipping back without his feet underneath him, just dropped him. And you can see Furman just pop back up, and he goes, fuck, you know, fair yeah. enough. It's like, you, you caught me wet at my feet, all good. And then, like, you know, as the fight ranged on, though, it was like, um, yeah, like, you know, Pacquiao just showed just like some really classy stuff, uh, like, just hitting his combinations, um, angle changing. Trying not to be there in front of Furman a lot, like yeah. you know, but Furman also like really pressed the issue and like really got some cracker hooks in this fight, in particular. Um, and I was listening to Jack Slack today, where it's like you know people going up to this age, like you know, examples would be like Bernard Hopkins was fighting at this age and like pretty high class. Like usually they become a lot more defensive savvy. Yeah. And Manny Packer's not really done. He's never been like defensive. Like uh, good, uh, like the defensively good guy. Yeah, it's all about the attack. And but really, because like when he was like younger, it was this fucking blistering speed, throwing yeah. like a million punches to land half of them from there, and our volume of guys. But you see now is he's still throwing a few punches, but he's angling off a lot more. Mm-hmm. So like defense, like offensively, instead of just being like barrage straight ahead, he would like you know throw you know like one uh, like two to three punches, change the angle, and then throw another three to four punches from that new angle change while you're trying to like regather yourself, and like. I really like it. Yeah, and being such an established guy as well, you're playing off the way that people think they have yourself down to a science. Because, like, no one expects major stylistic development from a 40-plus-year-old with pretty good reason. Like, it's not that often you see someone get to this stage of their Mm. career and make a major stylistic development. Mm. But, like, yeah, Pac-Man's switching shit up still. Yeah. 
He is. Um, I think it was back with Freddie Roach for this one as well. I yeah, think I think he's in the corner. Yeah. But, <clears throat> I don't know. It's like, hmm, should he have another fight? I don't like, know. Is it going for 41's uh, getting a bit long with it too. If you want to think you could, he's probably done well enough to finish on top. He's still now. in like the Filipino Senate as well. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I mean, there's one thing he goes, like, what are you worried about? Like, oh, I'm not worried about the fight. I'm worried about the budget. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> go, hey man, <laughs> you got someone that's trying to take your head off. You know? yeah. You've got to give it a bit of focus. Like, but you know, he's old handed, isn't he? Yeah, well, people are still charming him. Like, they should rematch him and Floyd. It's like, no, none no. of you fucks liked it when it happened. Yeah. Like, and I saw recently Floyd was like, you know, basically put on shit Manny Pacquiao for this one. Like, you know, always just like, no, no intention ever the rematch. Yeah. No. Just like, just like, just making sure, just to let him know. Just because, hey man, you, you got paid 10 million to tr- go 12 rounds to this guy. I got paid 9 million to go free, uh, one round, uh, exhibition match with a pizza guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, that's fair. Whatever. <laughs> Sit like um. Here's like one. Get many pack on. <laughs> yeah, I'm down with that. Get that one. But um. But yeah, I, I don't know. I can't really think of any matches that are, like other matches that are like really favorite many pack in that kind of division. It's like it's like Keith Furman's up there, but like yeah. you know, you get there is levels above that as well. Where it's yeah. Like, oh, I'm nah. Don't want to see Pacman in those matches. Yeah. And then there's, there's some real fucking legit kills out there. But um, but yeah, good to see the Pac-Man back in action and getting getting a classy win. All right, so going off from that one now, let's go into this weekend's action from there. Um, it's UFC. I don't think there's anything else on right now, but I know there's a UFC card on. Uh, UFC two forty, Holloway versus Edgar, and some other shit. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe this is a pay per view. Yeah, this is this I mean, is a joke. Yeah, because even like Holloway is a name, but as a main event fight, this isn't even that good. Like, no one really wanted. People mm. like Frankie. I like Frankie. Yeah, I'm yeah. a fan. But everyone wanted Volkanovski. Mm. Yeah, well, definitely. Like, no one wants any of this. <laughs> no. Like, there's like absolutely no name value other than this card. Like, you know, Cyborg fighting some other girl. Felicia Spencer, <laughs> who she'll just obliterate. Yeah. yeah. And really, just like. Kind of like, yeah, Jeff Neal, Nico Price. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Oliver Obunusier. Like, yeah, man, these, these, like, you got the B squad. Like, yeah, filling up the rest of the card. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> Canada, you should be angry, Canada. Yeah, they, they, they gave you this card. <laughs> Who's going to pay 70 bucks to watch these on pay per view? Then again, like, you know, I think about, like, you know, back in the day, Canada used to have, like, some persons, used to have Roy McDonald, used to have GSP in UFC cards, but. Do they have anyone anymore? Not in UFC. I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. So this is what happens. Maybe in Bellator. <laughs> yeah, Bellator. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, so, like, obviously, just going to talk about Max Holloway versus Frankie Edgar. Um, look, I, I don't favor this for Frankie Edgar whatsoever. Oh. That one. But I thought, like, because like, they talked about this fight a couple of years ago. Mm. And, like... If I thought Frankie was in his prime, I think like like a prime Frankie versus a prime Max is a pretty interesting match. Mm. I just don't know if like Frankie is still sharp enough. Said old man Edgar well, gets off his yeah. chair. Okay, Edgar <laughs> knocked him out. That's the first time he's ever been knocked out. Mm. Um, yeah. He's ten years older. Yeah, he's ten years older he's than been Holloway. Fucking wars as well. And yeah, he's taking a beating. And I mean, just, just his style as well. Like you know, like he. He's got that, it's like, it's all movement-based from yeah. there. Going between, like, you know, 
changing levels between that trying to get the takedowns to, or like more so feigning the takedowns into his hands from there. Like it's like, yeah, if it was a younger Frankie, okay, mm, this would be pretty mm. interesting. But I don't know, it's just the, the volume that Max Holloway puts out, that command on range of like outside, but also when he gets in close, he frames, he frames well and clinches well. As, yeah. It's also, it's going to be like, it's just too hard. Like it will be really difficult for Frankie to navigate Max's, like just controls. Mm. So his hand controls, he comes in and like a lot of what, Max does really well from just like a neutralizing standpoint really works against what Frankie does well like those kind of like sort of just uh, pretty snappy boxing combinations yeah decent body shots hide behind the jab so much he will never let Frankie get that double leg entry on him or anything I can definitely see Frankie taking Max down like Max gets taken down a fair bit but I don't see him doing like a a ton of damage Mm. like I can kind of see Max just scrambling back up yeah and then just, like, the volume just becoming more of a factor. Mm-hmm. Like, I can see kind of, like, a mid to late fight TKO. Mm. You see, like, Frankie take, swinging at a lot of air. Yeah. And then just basically receiving a lot of counters. And that's just kind of, like, a, like even just the range makes that hard. Like, just the way that uh, Max keeps people just on the end of sort of only semi-committed punches a lot. Just, like, pop, pop, pop till he finds his play and then just starts mm-hmm. just swarmy. Yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah, like, it, yeah, it's an interesting match. In terms of like, I don't why like, <laughs> yeah. like you know when you got like Volkanovski. Yeah, I don't understand why they put Edgar up there. Yeah, they obviously owed him a favor in some way. Mm. Maybe Hol- maybe just Holloway's like he's like, well, you did take a touching up against Portier. Yeah, he's a give me. <laughs> just yeah. get your, get your name back out there again, featherweight title. Like you know, honestly, like um, I'd like to see Holloway back up again. Like you know, he's mm. like you know, he had a tough fight against Portier, but fuck man, Portier's been on a on a run. A yeah. really good run. Like, you know, I don't think that was like, it was anything bad against it. Like, it was a really competitive fight as well. Yeah, great Pretty fight. damn close. Mm. From that, so like, you know, I prefer him like to cut less weight and like, you know, just like maybe grow into the division a little bit more. Yeah, I think that's what I saw in that fight from Hollow was like, he was just cutting less weight rather than mm-hmm. sort of filling his frame a little yeah, bit. Yeah, filling the frame and then cutting into that weight yeah. division. Yeah. But, um, we got this fight, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the, it's the fight we deserve. <laughs> and Tybo. <laughs> and Miles, Miles Jury is um, signed up with Bellator. Mm-hmm. He's going up against Benson Henderson. He's going to Bender. Yeah, in September. Yeah. Forget about Benson Henderson actually still fights. Yeah. Like, he does a lot of grappling matches as well, but actually fight fights is like, yeah. Totally forgot he actually does that. Um, and then, like, you know, just like UFC news. So, like, you know, we've got UFC coming to Melbourne. Isn't it? Yeah, mm. so like, yeah they announced the venue. Yeah, yeah. Whitaker versus, like, uh, Israel Odesanya. Great fight. Good fight. It, Marvel, Marvel Stadium. Yeah, Marvel Stadium. Marvel Stadium. Marvel. Of course, I've never been to Sydney because, like, you know, there might be like a, a sporting government body here that might just fucking just make it too hard for anyone uh, to, get, to get registered. And, yeah. <laughs> and mm. I could, I could see the USC going. She goes, yeah, fuck this shit. And yeah. Where's a little bit easier? Yeah. Israel might forget his blue book. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the last. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but yeah, but like, yeah, that's a, that's a great fight though. Just like you know, and like. I just always hope that, you know, Rob Whitaker, like, you know, coming in healthy. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like, lots of tough fights with Romero, and, like, just injury. Like, he had a fair few injuries as well. Yeah. Coming up to it. Yeah. Um, but then again, look at Israel from there. He, he took some licks in that last fight against uh, um, uh, Gaston. Who's, like, a lot smaller than Bobby Knuckles. Yeah. Which is, like, what's that mean? It's, it's just a really good fight. I'm looking forward to see it. <laughs> you guys attempted to go to Melbourne for it? Yeah. If I can get it? a pass. <laughs> is that, when is it? No, is it 
I mean, November. November sometime. November, yeah. Hmm, maybe. I'm planning to go to Melbourne in November anyway. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. If we all like circle the wagons, True. maybe we can all make it down there. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> well, actually, I saw uh, Mark Castanini. He's like, he runs Warrior Way. Yeah. He goes, yeah, I'm holding Warrior Way before you. So you go, yeah, oh, you do that. Don't do it. Don't I do think you already had the date pin before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, shit. But then there's like the spin, the spin off. Go, yeah, fight weekend. Come see Warrior's Way. Then you'll see. Yeah, if you have a million dollars. Okay. Yeah. Don't think it works that way, man. It would like, be cool. It would be a cool weekend. Yeah, it's good. good luck to you, though. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with that is like, you'll probably get people not fighting on the show. Like actually not fighting on the show. Like, fuck, man. You're good day. <laughs> it's true. I'm having a boys weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and we're starting from the night before. <laughs> we've got to get away. <laughs> okay. And I think that's about it. I don't think there's much else, was there? Um, no. Damien Meyer is going to fight Ben Askren. That'll be interesting. <laughs> it's going to grapple fest. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that, what? I don't know. I don't know how that might fight that look. I don't know either. That one. I'll never know how that watch. Yeah, exactly. That's true. That's fair. God, he's so biased. It's like, but it sounds like one of those matches that should be like on fight to win or something like that. Like a like an actual grappling fight. <laughs> Fucking hell. How come everybody hates grappling? <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> it's very like Both of them can't strike. And like, you know, it's basically BJJ versus folk style wrestling. Yeah, watch it become a kickboxing match. Mm. If that was on Pilar, she'd be like, oh, I can't miss it. Oh, I'm going to watch that. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if Debbie and Maya um, came out with a flying knee as well. Oh. And KO dress. <laughs> that would be so dope. It'd be pretty interesting though if Damon and Maya, because like Damon and Maya, like, you know, like he's throwing, he can throw at times. Like Ben Askren, like, I don't know anything about his striking game. He's never done it. Yeah, Everybody says it's shit house. And like, and like, especially with Damon and Maya, it's like, he'd just go, I don't care if you take me down. Mm, might nah. turn up into a kickboxing match. And he just goes, I don't know, we'll strike then. Yeah, he won't give any shit. He's going to take me down, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't care. Yeah. And like, if you really been in Action's game, it's not really a high-level wrestling game either. It's like... <laughs> oh, he got he got spiked by um, Lawler. Mm. If mm. he was, you know, if he was deluxe, like everyone says, that wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But, hey. Some growing pains coming to the, the top <laughs> Yeah, and it hasn't been that great. <laughs> but I like they give they could give him much go, hey, man. Is Damian Meyer. It's like he's like you probably have to probably take a little bit less da- brain damage. Damian Meyer's not not really up for like you know basically braining people. Nah. Even, even that even Damian Meyer said goes like I don't like to hurt people. Just like get the job done quickly. Yeah, that's Let right. Damian Meyer wear his gains, but <laughs> 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 and have been actually wearing like the singlet. Yeah, wear the singlet. Yeah, that's it. And the hanky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, that'll do it for this week. So. Thanks for listening to us again, and you can always catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and all other podcast platforms. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on all those platforms. Um, Also, catch us on Facebook and Instagram at Enter the Double Dragon. Catch us on Twitter at Double underscore Enter. We also got a blog spot as well, so doubledragonpodcast.home.blog. Yeah, doubledragonpodcast.home.blog. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> I'll remember the order of that like off by heart but I was like I always have to look okay is it yeah alright cool and um, we'll catch you next time see, see you